Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So buckle up because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Do The Thing Movement podcast. Today is such a fun conversation. I have my new friend, Michelle Niedert, on the show to talk about how do we still pursue the things that God has put on our hearts, even in the midst of some really trying times. So Michelle is a mental health counselor, a writer, speaker, author of the book Loved and Cherished that she co-authored with uh, Proverbs 31 writer and speaker Lynn Cowell. And we talk a little about the book. We talk a little about mental health in the midst of this time that we're in. And it's such a fun conversation. And then as always, we hop on over to the Patreon community to do a rapid fire interview after that. That's only available to our Patreon patrons. So make sure you go check that out if you have not been over there yet to check out our Patreon community. So let me introduce you to my new friend, Michelle. Okay, Michelle, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for being my guest. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. I can already tell. I know. I know. I've been really excited. So I want to start by having you share a little bit about the work that you do as a mental health counselor. And that's, you know, in large part why I wanted to have this conversation just about not letting 
2020 into 2021, this really crazy trying year that we all find ourselves in, keep us from doing the things that God's called us to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to kind of have a conversation around that. So I'd love for you to start just sharing a little bit about what you do, a little bit of your heart behind your work. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, have been a mental health professional for over 20 years. Gosh, I must have started when I was like five or something, I'm guessing. But um, I have worked in both the psychiatric hospitals, nonprofits. I've worked in the church setting. I also have a background of being on church staff as a youth and children's minister, women's ministry leader, um, pastoral care director, and ran a church counseling center for a while. And then went from there to um, the public school system where I developed a crisis counseling program using those skills um, to help their students more in first school district in our area of about 13,000 kids, 26 schools, and was involved in training staff and setting policies and just, you know, have a great passion to, to really support kids and their families. But as um, I was pregnant and having my first child, which was a struggle because of the stress of my job, I really wanted a little more flexible lifestyle, but I also had a passion to return to kingdom work again Mm -hmm. and to really be able to not just um, share quality values um, and share about light and darkness in the public school system and, you know, great cognitive behavioral therapy, but also return to the office where I could offer faith-based counseling and help people renew their minds and, and just allow God and the Holy Spirit to be involved in that process. And so it, that kind of got out of control pretty fast. I now own a counseling center with about 15 staff members. We have two locations and about nine offices and even more now with telehealth. I don't even, I can't even count all their offices because some of them aren't back in the real office anymore. But, um, as I was kind of in my comfort zone with that, I was speaking locally. I had young kids and my sister's an author and a speaker, and I was on a cruise with her and her publishing team. And they were just like, you have such a passion to equip families and this culture and the kingdom about how to talk about mental health in a healthy, non-shame-based, truth-but-grace-filled way that we wish you would take this message further than your walls. And I didn't even really want to pray about that, I'll be honest. I had young kids, and I had traveled previously and spoken, and it's a tough lifestyle, and um, definitely comes with some spiritual battles that I wasn't really looking forward to dragging kids into, but sometimes God calls and he opens the doors. And so I had my first book published in September and uh, have another offer on the table and working on another one as well. So just uh, my passion though, is to really help parents and and kids understand emotions, how to manage their emotions, their God-given emotions, how to involve God in that process, um, which creates healthier families. And then hopefully helps them also become equipped to talk about these things like depression, anxiety, one in four kids is going to have a diagnosis right now in this culture by the time they're 18. And I'm scared the pandemic has affected adults to one in three. I think our kids are going to follow suit. And that includes everything, depression, addiction, self-harm, eating disorders. It's a huge range, but that's kind of like for us not to be talking to our kids about this. Yeah. I think we're missing something. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am excited that God called you back into that kingdom work. And I love, I love the work you're doing now. And um, I'm, I'm excited about your book that we get to talk about now. And then we'll be excited to hear about book number two, which is, which is awesome. So kind of jumping more into this, we know, obviously we can't escape trying times, which again, we, we find ourselves in right now. And 
How would you maybe encourage a listener who maybe feels like 2020 um, was a time where maybe they were missing out or it's really feeling hard for them to stay on mission during this kind of crazy time? How would you want to encourage that person? First, I would say I get it. You know, I went through a hip replacement. We went through COVID shutdown, conversion to telehealth at the counseling center. I had a child who struggled with some pretty, got pretty close to being depressed, lost all her theater cast plays. Mm. Um, She's a high extrovert. Um, Being on Zoom in school is not fun to her. Um, We had to make some adjustments to social distancing and what we thought it should look like to help Mm. her mental health. And then, you know, on the other side, I got my husband and my son who are high introverts um, living the best years of their life (laughs) because they don't have to go anywhere and their personal struggles are less. Yeah. But I am a little concerned when my son has to reenter the culture more, is he going to have some anxiety with that that has been created? He did struggle. We lost uh, my husband's twin sister and her husband to cancer. So my son has struggled with some uh, separation anxiety because we can't convince him that both parents don't die because both his cousin's parents died and left them behind. And so because of that, um, he did struggle. Neither my husband or I had been on a plane in six months and I got on one this past week and he was like, mommy, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to trust God, but this is hard, yeah. you know? And, and I think we can all recognize all of that, yeah. but I want to say a but with that. And that's what we want to do with our kids. We want to recognize what's going on and we want to help validate because their feelings are going to pass through their bodies. You know, emotion is yeah. energy and motion. And let's be honest, we're all feeling it too. We're like, I trust God. And then we're crying in the shower an hour later, you know, <laughs> how long is this going to continue? And so we all have this kind of roller coaster of emotions, but here's what I think. And I know, actually, I know God has called us to a purpose. Mm-hmm. He has good, he is, he's got good for us. Yes, we will suffer. It doesn't say if, it says when. And Jesus and his guys sure experienced a lot of that themselves. Um, But we can work through our suffering in these difficult times. We can use it for good. We can learn from it. I think this whole generation is going to be more resilient and more flexible because they've had to learn to do that at such young ages. We all are learning that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was... um listening to a podcast the other day, I think it was Annie F. Downs. And she was, she was saying this just tickled me and I don't know what made me think of it, but she said, I think we're all kind of in this space of fatigue, fatigue. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're fatigued of yeah. being fatigued. Cause it's one yeah. of those where, you know, we're so used to in our lives, maybe if, if it's a hard season, you know, we just find something to look forward to or, but then it's, it's like some of those things that we look forward to were, yet again, maybe canceled, or we had to, you know, look at them differently. Even in my own life, I live about nine hours from my family in this season. And, um, last time I went up to visit my family and all my friends up in Tennessee, which is where I lived my whole life until I moved down to Mississippi, a, um, hurricane came to Louisiana the, a few days before I was about to come home and I had to come home early. And it was just one of those times where, I mean, I, for weeks, I'd look forward to seeing my people and, there were a lot of people I, I missed, you know, catching for a coffee or something like that. And so it's just been a year of that, you know, a year of grieving all different levels of losses yes. and intensities of those losses. Absolutely. And that's where we have to realize that we're not only experiencing like big boom grief loss, but yeah. then we have what we call complicated grief where we've just got little after little after little that's piling us up on us. 
Yeah. It's like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. It, oh my gosh. One of my sisters and I's favorite phrases, sadly, but we talk about that a lot because hard work yeah. and almost anything you do is death. I'm, the whole, you know, speaking and writing world is death by a thousand cuts. Oh gosh. Yeah. We yeah. had this talk yeah. before we I just scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally where I was um, in September yeah. when I was launching that book. Absolutely. But let me say this to somebody who's listening. COVID doesn't change who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change who God has made you to be. Mm-hmm. Your purpose, probably your inherent purpose, isn't that different to mm-hmm. teach, to speak, to love, to prophesy. I mean, you know, to predict, I don't know, all the different things that people are equipped to do to encourage, to organize. Please come to my house if that's yeah. yours because I don't have any of that um, running around me. And I don't think I birthed any of that, darn it. I was hoping to get one out. But, um, but those purposes haven't changed. And so I think we've got to go through that process of grieving. But the last stage of grief is a renewal of hope from a faith-based perspective. And so we want to hold on to the hope that God is not finished with us or this world yet. There is more girl to come. There's more good to come. And I also believe that we're in a very unique time where we can re-examine what makes us happy. Maybe it's not as shiny and flashy and always costs money. But just like that commercial, some things are priceless and those things are still so available to us. Yeah. 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 You're right. And, you know, nothing about this year took God by surprise. And that's been something I've taken a lot of encouragement in is just remembering his timing is perfect. His plan is perfect. His thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. And we might not understand that right now, but it doesn't make it any less true. And somehow he's using this to make us more like Jesus. Like I just have to hold on to that, you know? Um, well, and I think the key to that is what are we going to do with how, I mean, I t- I'm really talking to a lot of people right now is how do you want to feel in the midst of this? Mm-hmm. Well, we know our thoughts chase our feelings and our behaviors chase our feelings. So then we really need to look at like before the feet hit the ground, what are we going to think so that we control our feelings and don't let our feelings and our circumstances control us. Um, that's the next book. It's going to be on mindset. And it's so important. That's, to, awesome. um, that's all I can say. I'm not allowed to say <laughs> more, but um, there's your teaser. But yes. to really begin to look at how do I embrace a mindset that works for my life, yeah. for my, for my relationships, for, to create energy in my life, even so that I can do the very things God has called us to do. So when we look at mindset, we have to look at how can I change the way I think, align my thoughts with God so I can experience him mm-hmm. in my everyday life so that then I do the things I'm called to do, whether it means hold my tongue when my kid's losing their stack, whether it means, you know, um, say thank you to my parent who's calling with a thousand pieces of advice because they can't see us and they want to protect us from everything. And I'm talking yeah. about my grown self, my grown 50 year old self with my mom, yeah. you know, who, who's like, do you really need to get on another plane? Are you sure that that's what God is calling yes. you to do? Yeah. Yeah. Those are tough conversations sometimes we're having. And so, but I think we can do that. We may have to change maybe the um, location of our purpose. Maybe even some of the ways our purpose works, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm going to give away a secret, but like, um, you know, my life mission is to know him and make him known. And, you know, I could really do that to some degree in a square box with one other person. Yeah. Yeah. And man, how cool is it? Just the opportunities that we've had, even as communicators or as 
um, writers and speakers this year. I'm just thinking, you know, I started my podcast in January and this time last year, this was not a part of my ministry. And, and I still had that same call, just like you did of to know him and make him known, but that looked different for me a year ago. And man, how cool that God brought this into existence in a year. I mean, in January, when I launched the podcast, I had no idea what we would be facing in March, you know, um, yeah. but man, what a blessing it's been in such a hard time. And so I don't want to miss those things that God has done and, and miss just opportunities to be grateful for that in the middle of just a weird, hard time. And one well, thing and I hope that people are listening are thinking that too. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't want to miss God at work today, yeah. whether I'm on zoom calls, whether I'm driving kids back and forth, yeah. whether I'm, you know, struggling with some real loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to somebody who was widowed and another person who's never been married in the counseling office. And it's a hard time for people like that. And they may be listening to this, but it's also a time for them to experience the companionship of God like never before. Yeah. Without all the distractions. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love that you bring that out. And one thing we've touched on is just the isolation that a lot of us are probably feeling, especially us high extroverts, which that's me. Is that you? Uh, what do like you think? What do you think? I, duh. Really? I feel like we're, yeah. I'm really an extrovert. Yeah. Okay. People always guess on the Enneagram. I'm a seven. Cause there's a, there's not a party I haven't liked that's, you know, within the faith-based world, but uh-huh. I'm actually a two cause I'm that passionate about people. It drives me. And so this has been a real hard season, but I think it's one where again, just like when Paul's in prison, somehow he still has impact. We, you know, we've been in prison a little bit. So how do we sing in the midst of that? How do we worship in the midst of that? And also how do we, you know, for me, like one thing that's been so important is I think I would walk even if I was in prison, because I know how important movement is to the brain as a mental health professional. I know it's as effective as a low dose of an antidepressant. So that's like something I've been fighting for in this time. Um, even, even with a recumbent bike in the middle of my living room (laughs) off of Facebook, like the first week, but I thought if the gym's closing down and the weather's going to be too hot, what am I going to do to keep my brain and my body having enough energy to see myself through this season? Yeah. Yeah. We had the same conversation in our house. We just ordered a bike. It'll be here soon. And I'm so excited because I mean, I I'm a runner and and I used to, uh, before all this got so crazy, I had a gym membership as well, but I just was getting to a place where I felt like I needed something in my physical house that would allow me to get activity other than just like, hit training and stuff I don't want to do anyway. <laughs> like something I could <laughs> hop something on. you're gonna do and never do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like something I could hop on like while I talk to my mom or I take a call or you know something like that. So I'm really pumped and that's gonna be great. And I'm glad that you say that because I totally agree with you. I'm a different human when I am more physically active. And so that's been a huge piece of of 2020 for me is is prioritizing that. And um so I love that you say that. So as far as isolation goes, if somebody is maybe really struggling with that piece, how can we be intentional during this time to seek community? How have you seen people do that well? Maybe that, you know, you work with. Yeah. How, well, you wanna... let, let, me, let me go with the first one with my daughter. And we ended up doing this in probably May when she told me she cried every day that week. Um, we got in our cars, a bunch of us moms, her closest little circle, 
we went out to a parking lot and we opened our van, the backs of our hatchbacks and our vans and our SUVs. And the girls had to stay six feet apart. Um, but they got to talk and interact and dance and be goofy and be face to face. They even figured out, I don't know how they filmed that TikTok six feet apart, but they (laughs) somehow figured out how to set a camera up and do that. And so, and us moms kind of did the same things. We brought the lawn chairs that usually sit in the soccer fields and we got six feet from each other. And man, it was just good to see faces. You know, it was just really good besides on a screen. Um, And I think there's value of faces on the screen, but I also think there's just something about in real life. And so I I value both. I have relationships with um, really high quality, you know, as a mental health professional with my clients with relationships, even through a screen. And for a while it was exhausting because I felt like I was kind of over trying with that, but Mm. I've kind of learned how to relax into that now. Um, But I do think that if we're struggling with isolation, I talk to a lot of my clients um, about this, you know, they're like, nobody calls. And I want to say sometimes very lovingly. And I do, I say, okay, but let's talk about who you've called because people call people back a lot of times too. And so, you know, they're like, I can call my sister. And I'm like, okay, why don't we call our sister? You know, and it's amazing. A lot of times their weeks are better because we were made to not be alone and live in community when they've done that. I have challenged a young single person to get into a online meetup, singles Bible study, you know, just to have some interaction and she couldn't find one in her city, but she found one in like the larger city near her. And she's going to have new friends to go have coffee with as soon as this is all over with. And I'm so excited for her. That's and great. so I think it's just, you know, I think if there's um, if there's a will, there's a way. And if we ask God to um, give us creativity and find ways to connect with his people, then we can. Yeah. And so I think we need to be about that. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Um, in Texas, we're somewhat open. so. Um, this summer for a little while, I have a back patio, so I could not have more than probably five moms socially distanced well, but I did a mom to mom group on my back patio patio, and just, you know, and we really opened that up to anybody. I had some people message me and go, I don't go to your church, but like, I just want to see some humans. Can I come? And I'm like, yeah, you can come. And, and things like that. So the other thing that we've done is, um, for my son who, doesn't has those anxiety issues. So like he didn't really want to go back into the school system and have to deal with masks and Mm -hmm. distancing and lots of hand washing and things like that. So for him, that was just like more stress than he wanted to deal with. Mm -hmm. So he stayed with online school, but, um, his best friend, my sister's like, do I have another brother? Because we decided they're part of our COVID circle. So we, we are in and out of their house and our house. Um, he's an only child. So that makes it real nice. We're not getting too many germs going there, but, um, yeah, so they move back and forth all the time. They've done online school together. They've logged in together in the same room and the teacher's like, okay, somebody needs headphones. There's an echo, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that in this age, just like homeschool moms have created co-ops for decades. Sometimes we have to create little COVID co-ops that help us, um, just stay healthy. Yeah. And, and find things to do and find ways to connect. And um, I, I think it's been the most like challenging season, but at the same time, I think it's been an opportunity for us to like, when I talk to the preschool teachers and I teach the little kids, you know, like we can either be like a pipe cleaner and we can bend, but not break, yeah. or we can be like a popsicle stick. And we could just snap into a thousand pieces. And it's funny, we met, we were talking about exercise earlier because I was working with a young man who's 25 years old and he's like, I'm starting to want to break things. And I'm like, you're starting to need to go for a run <laughs> you know, like in the counseling <laughs> office. So we started talking about what could you, what could you punch? Could you get a punching bag and punch it? Could you go for a run? 
Um, it's so funny, a little boy that um, really struggled with ADD and just his energy and his mom's like, I can't get enough out by the end of the day. I'm like, yeah, how about water and a paintbrush and a fence? And he loved it. He would like see how fast he could paint the fence That's wet amazing. before it dried, you know, and stuff like that. And so, I mean, sometimes you got to get a little creative, but um, I think that um, that that just as we see all these stories through scripture, whether we're talking about Joseph in the pit, Daniel in the lion's den, I mean, Paul in prison so many opportunities to, you know, I mean, I am that Pollyanna girl who likes to squeeze a little lemonade out of a lemon and Mm -hmm. try to find a little sugar somewhere. But um, I I think that's something that we, we are going to have to fight that battle of the mind to do. Yeah. To be intentional and ask God to empower us to do that as well. Yeah, I agree. And man, what a cool time to just invest in hobbies and stuff too. I mean, I have made clay earrings. I have written a first manuscript of a book. My mom and I learned how to paint watercolors. I mean, we have tried it all this year. And how many other years of my life has there been that much margin to be able to do that, you know? And I mean, squeeze, talk about squeezing lemon, finding the the sugar amongst the lemon juice, that whole analogy. I'm I'm the same kind of girl. And so it's been cool to find those opportunities too of just, okay, what has this created in my life that I can now invest in a friendship or um, learn a new hobby or whatever it is. And just how do we make the most of this time? So that's been really fun. We can even think about how can we bless others? Yeah. Like we thought about that. Like we have used shipped and Uber eats a little bit more because neither one of our jobs have been in jeopardy during this time. And so, you know, helping those people out and being generous with our tips and things like that. I think it's a great way to get to bless other people. And at the same time, it's a blessing for us if we're plowing hard and fast. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. So you mentioned it, but you had a book, your first book that came out in September and I don't want to miss the opportunity for you to be able to tell listeners all about it. So will you talk about it a little bit and and your heart behind it and all that good stuff? Yeah. So I'm actually a co-author with Proverbs 31 speaker and writer, Lynn Cowell. And uh, we have a passion to reach kids and to equip uh, the next generation who are going to be the kingdom, you know, dwellers and leaders of our country. And so people always laugh. They're like, are y'all, you know, they're like, well, I'm in women's ministry. And I'm like, I am too, even though I wrote a book for tween girls, because I'm equipping the future women of our country in that process. And somebody said, why would a mental health, you know, professional want to write a book that's a devotional on loved and cherished? Because I know that people who know they're loved can face rejection can face the difficulties of not performing maybe as well as the world says they're supposed to. Uh, Girls by the age of 10 feel pretty good about themselves. And by the age of 12, most of them don't like themselves. So if we can get in there and teach them about how they were created, how loved they were, what a plan God has for their lives, and that nothing can take it away from them. Nothing, because they're going to mess up, right? They're going to probably mess up big time at some point. And so I just, um, now I've written some things on anxiety and facing fear and stuff like that in the devotional too. But, and we try to make it super practical. Like we start with a scripture, we kind of talk about a story or a way to handle something and give them a lesson in that. And then we have this section, which is my favorite section as a therapist always. It's the treatment plan. It's the homework. So it's called um, Living Cherished. And so you you take a rock to school and just like that rock stays with you all day. And every time you touch it, you remind, you remember that God is with you all the time. 
And he's with you just like that rock. And you're not leaving God behind in your house. Maybe you don't have your Bible right then. Maybe you're not in those church doors, but he's still there. And just equipping our girls with those messages and giving them practical ways to journal about that and apply that to their lives. And then ending with a prayer to keep them connected with God. But what we loved about this is it's a hundred days and we didn't label them on purpose because we don't want any guilt because these kids are just learning to develop that relationship and those habits of connecting with God. But, you know, um, I love, I've been working with my son on this quiet time material, just saying, good morning, God, good night, God, Mm. you know, how you doing God during lunch and just beginning to build this. um, There's a book called the practice of the presence of God by a monk, uh, brother Lawrence, teeny tiny book, read it in college, just life impacting and helping our kids grow in that way. And helping our girls begin to establish these routines of in a world that's telling them lies everywhere they turn around, hearing not only truth, but you are seen, you are loved, and giving them that confidence to maybe choose God's ways. Yeah. Even in the midst of difficult times. And so that was the passion behind the book. I mean, I know you can't tell at all that I'm passionate about this subject. I love it yeah. so much. Yeah, we went crazy. We made water bottles. We made water bottle stickers. We made coffee mugs. And the theme verse is, I've loved you with an everlasting love because everlasting love cannot be changed and was there before you even knew it. Right. And that was the message we wanted those girls to know, especially during this time, you know, yeah. where they may feel more alone or maybe nobody is paying a lot of attention to them or maybe they're just going through that time when their body looks a little wonky and they're like, Ooh, you know, and all that stuff that all of us went through. I mean, nobody's like, if I took a poll of your listeners right now, I don't think many of them want to go back and repeat middle school. Nobody escaped middle school. (laughs) (laughs) But if they, you know, think about it. What if you knew the love of God, like you did now in middle school, what would that be like? Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. I have been so excited about this coming out because I'm just thinking back to, you're right, in my own life, if I could go back and just be reminded of those truths, how differently would I have felt about, you know, middle school breakups or, you know, just (laughs) just all those crazy things that you you go through. And so I'm really thankful that y'all wrote this and, and I'm excited to see how God uses it. So it's called Loved and Cherished. Um, so I'd love for listeners to check that out. If you, if you have a teen girl or if you love a teen girl in your life. So we are really excited about this one. Well, Michelle, before we hop on over to our Patreon community, um, I want you to share with listeners, how can they connect with you, grab your book, all those things. Yeah. Well, the book's definitely on Amazon. In fact, I were very grateful to Zonder Kids. They're still sponsoring the book. So it pops right up. If you get Loved and Cherished or our names in there, we have a website, lovedandcherished.me. We have our own podcast called Raising Brave Beauties, where we're interviewing usually mother and daughters um, on their episodes and learning from the girls and the moms. But actually, Jonathan Pitts, um, a good friend of Lynn and I's, Winter Pitts is no longer here. And she had a huge impact on this same age group and culture. And we just wanted to honor her legacy. And so Jonathan and her daughter, Alina are on this week. Um, And so just talking about grief, talking about friendship troubles, talking about um, losing a mom, talking about hard things, talking about easy things. And I loved it because as a counselor who works with kids and teens, I love talking to the kids. And so getting a chance to talk with them on just to hear somebody hear what it's like for somebody to talk to a kid online um, 
that maybe they can use in their own lives. We're hoping that'll kind of transfer. So super fun. Um, I have a website, yourmentalhealthcoach.com. You can find me all over Facebook and Instagram and all the fun places. Um, I have some really cool like freebies. Like we have a little worry gobbler you can make with your kids where God will gobble up your worries. And so there's that craft that's online. And then if you're looking more for adult things, um, I have a great um, download on struggling with being married to someone who has a mental health issue and the difficulties that come with someone that when you're married and they get diagnosed with like depression or bipolar disorder or addiction or have an addiction or something going on. Awesome. Well, we will definitely link to those in the show notes and I'm excited just about the work that you're doing. So I'm so glad we got to have this conversation and I am really excited about our last few questions that we're going to talk about over on our Patreon community. So listeners, if you have not already subscribed to that, you can download the Patreon app or go on your desktop and just search for do the thing movement. And as you know, each guest that we bring on the show, we have additional questions that we ask them over there that are not aired on this interview. So definitely go check them out. Michelle, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thanks again for having me. And I hope your listeners hold on to hope in the midst of these difficult times. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show? And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening and I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye, friends.